the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. Jen is the conservative crusader. Brian is our lovable liberal. Welcome to The Answer. Thanks for joining us. Hey, guys. Finally Friday on The Morning Answer. Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn, and we are happy to be with you. Not so happy to report uh, starting out the morning that there is a fire that has broken out in Malibu. Crews right now battling this brush fire breaking out near Pacific Coast Highway in Malibu. Happened this morning. A fire was reported about 5 a.m. It's burning just off the highway near Tuna Canyon Road. Los Angeles County firefighters are at the scene right now battling the fire with the assistance of at least one air unit. That's right. Uh, the fire appeared to have burned about one or two acres, and they gave us that information 35 minutes ago. So uh, that was at 535. Fire again, as you say, starting at 5 a.m. Uh, again, off of PCH near Tuna Canyon Road. I have to say, I don't know if it's on the ocean side or the Malibu side of the of the uh, of the road there. We are keeping an eye on it, though. There is some aerial video available that shows that there are some homes in the area, but the fire appeared to be burning uphill away from the structures. That's good news. PCH closed at Tuna Canyon again this morning. If that is part of your commute, firefighters uh, continue that battle and we'll keep you updated as this is kind of getting started pretty early, just about an hour ago. Reminds me of the fire. My dear Jennifer, sure. that we talked about last week or the week before that started at 4 a.m. And by it's a different situation. I know. But by 7 o'clock, it was uh, significant. And uh, that area of Malibu, we all know, is uh, has been hit really hard by fires oh, over the past and, several years. And, and there's the elements, a lot of fuel uh, still to burn. That's right. And the elements of the ocean all the time. Uh, n- not that I wouldn't take one of those homes in a nanosecond I right know. there on the beach. But you understand, <laughs> I feel honest. for them. Absolutely. Uh, but I feel for someone when their home is threatened, obviously. President Trump yesterday uh, has been staying out of sight. He hasn't been talking too much to reporters, but he is working away inside the White House. And he did something pretty significant yesterday. It got a little bit of media attention, but, you know, everyone is really razor fo- focused now on the election and the legal battles where there was a, a win for President Trump's legal team. We'll talk about that in a moment. But there was an executive order that was signed yesterday that prohibits American companies and individuals from owning shares in any of the 31 Chinese companies previously listed as enabling the People's Liberation Army. Now, this goes into effect on January 11th. Many of these companies trade on U.S. stock exchanges, on our exchanges, and are sometimes purchased by American investors as part of mutual funds. It's unclear right now what effect these sanctions would have on the markets, but certainly the People's Liberation Army is a threat to the U.S. and is exploiting United States capital to gain edge, basically, in its military industrial complex. President Trump saying that this is a concern to Americans and taking action, which will go into effect in January. It's also, Jennifer, unclear on this Friday morning answer. What happened first? That action executive order taken, which uh, which goes after China by President Trump at the White House yesterday or this story? 
China has offered its congratulations to United States President-elect Joe Biden and his running <laughs> I can mate answer it, actually. It happened after. <laughs> on, their elect, on their election success. Now, that's, the, that's a CNN term, and it's a term, if you call him vice president-elect, you believe he was successful. Anyway, it says uh, China... China wait, waited. They're so bad. They waited a week. I mean, they should have called me on election night and congratulated <laughs> But China, the, the, they, they did wait. The Chinese but, foreign ministry spokesman issued that statement. The, the reason we know about timing, and, and I laugh at the premise because it, it is funny. And hey, could could have hey, been look. part of the could have been part of the theme. But um, yesterday in the evening, CNN and a few other media outlets that had not called Arizona for Joe Biden called Arizona for Joe Biden. After that announcement was made on CNN, that's when the Chinese government and President Xi sent their congratulatory message to uh, whom they feel is the president elect. Joe Biden. Certainly, they probably are celebrating that. I think they made it pretty clear they're done working with President Trump. He's been pretty tough on China. and He has. And uh, I think it's the right thing to do, but obviously, there'll be an administration who has their opportunity to a Newsweek, muck it up. As to the call in Arizona, you mentioned some of the media outlets. I think people who hear the morning answer would like to know when, when, when a media outlet, we don't identify them all the time, that would get mundane and, and, and irritating. But Newsweek magazine blares a headline online, Biden's Arizona win inspires memes as social media users thank John McCain. Yeah, there even Megan McCain put one out. It's interesting because Real Clear Politics still has not called Arizona. They are still uh, waiting on that one. Fox News got criticized for calling it on election night just as the polls were closing CNN and I think AP yesterday uh, called Arizona for Biden, but there are still thousands of votes to count and that is what the Trump campaign has been pointing out that their votes are not all in, they have not yet been tabulated. Now there was a legal victory for President Trump's campaign There are multiple lawsuits filed right now from Trump 2020. And in Pennsylvania, a court decided that the secretary of state in Pennsylvania, who has been outwardly critical of the president, and I think really sending the wrong message prior to the election, saying Donald Trump will never win in my state, basically, not doing themselves any favors. Well, it's also unacceptable. Secretaries of state are to be neutral. They're doing doing in many ways, I say the people's business, but... The logistics, the, the managing, the security of elections and many other things, but it's it's a less overtly political in a state. It's a less overtly political position. Yeah, I think it, secretaries of state, though, I think their job is to make sure that people trust the process. And That's right. it's really, you know, as we're talking about this and what we can do and how we can improve and get better in elections moving forward. I don't know if that uh, it would be in the handbook of <laughs> best it, practices. The referees ought to be neutral. That's right. So a Pennsylvania judge yesterday ruled in favor of the Trump campaign, ordering that the state may not count ballots where the voters needed to provide proof of identification and failed to do so by November the 9th. So the state had set a deadline, November the 9th, days after Election Day, that if there was something wrong with the ballot, they had to make their corrections and and have them submitted by November 9th. We talked about this, Jim, because you brought it up that they were mailing via U.S. Postal Service that ballot back to the home, presumably. Or, or the residence of the voter. And then the voter would right. make the correction, correct the error, and send it back. That eats up time. It does eat up time. But for most people in Pennsylvania who use early voting, they actually probably already had a chance to cure their ballots because they would have submitted it before, I, I believe, Election Day. Although Pennsylvania, I think, was not supposed to open ballots until Election Day. In any case, there is state law that said voters have six days 
until after the election, and that was November the 9th this year, to cure problems regarding a lack of proof of identification. The Supreme Court in Pennsylvania ruled that mail-in ballots could be accepted three days after Election Day. But then the Pennsylvania Secretary of State submitted guidance that said proof of identification could be provided up until November the 12th, which is six days from the ballot acceptance deadline. Now, so they're the saying she, yes, was, she was out of – basically, she was going beyond her power in making that purview. declaration. Right. Right. Okay, so uh, just to restate the ruling yesterday, which I think is the most newsworthy because it changes a lot of what we just heard. It does. It does change a lot of what we, well, it changes what's going to be counted. So Pennsylvania wanted to count ballots that had been cured and turned in up until yesterday. And the court basically says any ballots that came in between November the 9th and November the 12th actually have to be removed right. from the count because of. Because they're late or whatever. Right, because they're late and because there was a deadline in place before the election. You can't really change the rules after. So that was that was a win for the Trump campaign yesterday. The first big one of the week. There were a couple of a couple of them last week, but certainly the biggest of the week. But the legal challenges continue. They are going on in Pennsylvania and in Michigan. Georgia is in the process of starting their hand recount. That starts today. They have to have it wrapped up by the twentieth from Mm -hmm. today. That's and, right. Yeah, th- there's uh, there's a political challenge, though. Not a uh, it's a political problem for President Trump, who of course is in the White House. He is our president, whether you like that or not. Until January twenty, certainly we know this. He's been elected to a term of the presidency, and Mr. Trump is still Mr. President. Now, here's the headline from Bloomberg, and. You could roll your eyes now because I said Bloomberg, but Bloomberg News. One of the greatest pieces of satisfaction for me from this whole election is that Bloomberg and all of his money had zero impact. But okay, go ahead. You know, the thing about Bloomberg is he can spend that kind of money and it doesn't even change his life. I understand, but it still makes me feel good. It's a small moral victory. Here's the headline, Jen. Election was most secure in American history, U.S. officials say. I'll give you a little bit more. State and federal election officials, along with experts in the private sector, said they had, quote, utmost confidence in the security and integrity of the November 3 vote as President Donald Trump continues to make what Newsweek calls unfounded claims of fraud and key security officials involved in protecting elections leave the administration or expect to be fired. Headline that the officials say was the most secure in American history. Hmm. Interesting. That's a very different view than than other very intelligent people have. That's I think that is that's true. <laughs> right now at AM eight seventy at theanswer dot com, we are asking you to join our campaign to verify the twenty twenty presidential election. All you have to do is go to the website again, AM eight seventy theanswer dot com. You'll see uh, right above the fold. You'll see verify the election, sign the petition. We're asking you to sign on to encourage your local elected leaders to make sure that every legal vote is counted and that this election has been verified before we move on as a country am 870 the com. as we continue are republicans really selling conspiracy theories that's the opinion of one prominent democrat will tell you who it is as your friday morning answer continues brian whitman's voices jennifer horn's brain what else do you need to start your day this is the morning answer thanks for joining us it is your friday the 13th version Oh, no. Of the morning answer, don't worry. Take a deep breath. Friday the 13th in the year 2020 may actually bring it's us not some good the, luck. Friday the 13th <laughs> in the year 2020 is like a happiness day. You That's know, what I think. Like, People it, are like, what can happen next? But you know you what? Know what it actually, it's, it's the like, swing. It's the, the shift today. 
Well, it's unfortunately like every other day. It's like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the 13th, 12th, 19th, 25th, the Friday. Who cares anymore? She was made up. It's a, I'm Mrs. Vor. I know the I know the legend of Friday the 13th. Triskaidekaphobia is the fear of the number 13. Mrs. Voorhees had left her son Jason at Camp Crystal Lake. And as she said, her son was uh, out there in the lake. It's not a true story. And she went back to get the counselors. And she yelled at them because they were making out while he drowned. I'm Mrs. Voorhees. I'm a friend of the Christie's. And Christie's owned the lake. And all the counselors were terrorized, Jennifer. And they did it in New Jersey, not far from where I grew up. Is that right? Is that why you have such a connection? Actually, I have more of a connection to Halloween. Halloween John. is your favorite, I know. And that's South Pasadena. That's right here in Hollywood and South Pasadena. But I, I, I do like Friday the 13th. I think it's a great movie. I think that making it the mother in the first one, the 907 that sequels, I'm not so fond of. <laughs> well, in any case, happy Friday the 13th from Brian and Jen. You can always join us. Spooky Friday the 13th, 855-785-8255 is the number to do that. 855-785-8255. I want us to go back in time in fact should we summon yeah let's do it capsule all right you want to drive uh california says it's not a good idea all right here we go you get in the ride Uh, shotgun you be my ride or die whitman here we go buckle up buckle up let's go back a few months to joe biden who talked about declaring victory in an election shall we oh Will you pledge not to declare victory until the election is independently certified? Yes. And here's the deal. We count the ballots, as you pointed out. Some of these ballots in some states can't even be opened until Election Day. And if there's thousands of ballots, it's going to take time to do it. Once the winner is declared after all the, all the ballots are counted, all the votes are counted, that'll be the end of it. That'll be the end of it. And if it's me, in fact, fine. If it's, if it's not me, I'll support the outcome. Let's get out of here. It's Whoa. cold now here. It was warm back there. <laughs> it was in the summertime. Uh, please. So what do you a- make of that, Whitman? Come on. Well, well look, uh, if you read the words and you hear the words, mm-hmm. he ought to be waiting. Chill it out. Mm-hmm. His words till every vote is counted to declare victory or concede defeat. Right. He's obviously not done that. But. What he has done is he has assumed the role of president-elect Biden because the mathematics and the, the math is not there. There are not enough votes still uncounted to make up the difference. And it's important to say that election officials – forget the story we just heard. Secretaries of state are not claiming significant consequential well, yeah they don't want to lose in, their job in, in well you're assuming they're all dishonest yeah i don't think that oh, all 50 are dishonest? <laughs> not all 50 but i'm right. assuming okay. that in politics people like to cover their own rear ends every once in a while can we officially say though look whether or not we could we could argue all day about what no, if, i'm not even if, arguing with no you, i know but we could Oh, sure we could. <laughs> argue all day about whether or not joe biden's doing the right thing or not but is it fair to say that we have officially marked on uh today friday days. the 13th that what that Biden has done his first flip flop lie. Well, I mean, there's been many, but I guess as yeah, if we do look, want to call him president elect, which I don't. But if we do, I think this is the first, the first one. This is the first whopper. Okay. Well, okay. I mean, I and I guess look, 
Uh, I'm really because you know I'm going to have a scorecard if this thing plays out. Yeah, I know you're going to have a scorecard. <laughs> He's got to get F's in every subject. Just it doesn't like matter. I got from people who didn't like Trump. I'm going to have a whole. I didn't give President Trump F's on every. I gave him some. A lot I of B's. said I from gave him people. A. I said okay. from people, not from right. you. Now from people all... who didn't like Trump, they were always constantly saying he did this, he did that, he said this. Guess what? She might be on the other foot now, people. And I'll on just a sit fri- here and relish it. On a Friday, <laughs> would you like a hot dog with your relish? Yes. <laughs> on a Friday. The truth is, it seems as if when you consider the facts that I just offered, yes. Now, Joe Biden answered that question. That's somewhat, that's politician answering, assuming, presuming he very well might be in the losing position on election night. Understand that. That's the only reason a politician answers a question that way is they're presuming they might be trailing on election night. Um, and it, you're right. His words are his words. He said till every vote is counted. And we're, we have not had that yet. And but we will. We, and that's OK. I mean, here's the thing. We will. We will know where everything stands. But and the, then legal, we'll move forward. the legal challenges, the victory yesterday, but more defeats than victory are not in the minds of a lot of people, including myself, I'm, I'm not dishonest, I'll tell you what I think, are not are not really reasonable and, and the timing and the, well, I don't want to, it feels like there's, a, it feels like the president is taking defeat sorely. See how nice I am with my yeah, words? Yeah, see, I don't think so because we haven't even heard from him. That's so, what I mean. But, That's what I mean. But I think it's on purpose because there are so many lawsuits, they don't want him going out there and saying too much because as we know when we cover court cases they'll always tell you broadly how they're going to lay out cases but they never want to tell you the details because they feel like that's giving an advantage to the other side who is clearly watching all of this stuff trying to figure out how to mount their defense so they don't want a litigant talking a lot i'm not calling president trump this i'm telling you my mother used to call me motor mouth right they don't want exactly hey you know what this is another thing we have in common our parents both called us bulls and china shops that's what my dad called me yes my dad also used used to tell me, Jennifer, loose lips sink ships. You know what? And my mom would call me motor mouth and my grandfather and grandmother called me mouth almighty. (laughs) And my my father always said to me, he said, Brian, he said, it doesn't matter if they call you names or what, what they say about you. He said, what's important is that no one finds out you're my son. And that was the rule you live by, right? And I said, dad, that's not. I, Which is why joke, he said, you know, with credit to Richties, to, I'm doing a, a joke Rick did ten thousand times. I've just done it for the twenty second hundred time, and it's been a pleasure. But it's Thank funny you. every time. I enjoy I it. think sometimes it, it, I don't do it at six o'clock often for the six o'clock club. So it's a special, for, a special one time performance. Yeah, I'd like to do all my old material for the six o'clock club, but we have new stuff too because Tip all these. Uh, yes, uh, two cups of coffee minimum here if you really are powering it down. There's a lot going on here today, Friday the 13th. So let's talk about Chuck Schumer because as we, we went back in time. We yeah, heard the Friday promise the made by Joe Biden that he was going to wait for every vote to be counted. That clearly has not happened. He is moving ahead. He is He's declared himself president-elect. The media is uh, backing him in that claim. And uh, Chuck Schumer said that Republicans who are – spreading what he thinks are conspiracy theories are actually poisoning the wall of democracy. Now, I really take issue with this. First, let's listen to what Chuck Schumer said yesterday at the Senate. We just had a divisive and hard-fought presidential election. But instead of working, but instead of working to pull the country back together so that we can fight our common enemy, COVID-19, Republicans in Congress are spreading conspiracy theories, denying reality, and poisoning the well of our democracy. 
The Republicans should stop their shenanigans about an election that President Trump has already lost and focus their attention on the immediate issue at hand, providing relief to a country living through the COVID health and economic crises. That's the voice of Chuck Schumer, currently the minority leader in the Senate. Two big Senate runoff races in Georgia happening on January the 5th. But I take issue with this, Brian, because really, truly, and I think you know my heart, I would love to see President Trump reelected. But you know that I've been concerned about voter fraud in this state of California for years, far longer than we've uh, even known about President Trump being President Trump. And I think a lot of Republicans have been. And I think if we don't take this issue seriously right now, we are going to turn our elections into even more of a political chess game. And that is not good for either party. Leave that there uh, 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 and leave it there. We'll we'll talk more about it because I know we have to. I know. We'll come back. Don't worry. Voter fraud all morning long on Friday the 13th. Plus, is uh, is COVID in need of a public relations agency? Fired that publicist in April. I'll let you think about that one as your Friday morning answer continues. Why can't conservatives and liberals just get along? They can. Welcome to the Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. Thanks for joining us on your Friday morning answer, Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. And Brian, I had to ask you this question just a As? few moments ago. Does COVID-19 need a PR agency? Do they need a publicist? Uh, as I said, you know, be, you and I both, I mean, you you grew up right here in Hollywood. I've been here for, how long have I been? Since the 90s, right? Mm-hmm. A long, longer than I was, grew, I grew up in New York, came here. I know a thing or two about publicity because I get bad publicity no stop covid should have covid as if it's a person if i were covid 19 yeah i would have fired my publicist on in april okay you may have fired him but do they does does covid need a publicist it's just uh, yes or well no. uh, here's what yes uh, well hold on a second yes Pu- is the wait, answer no, especially no, no, here no, no. in la county no 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 covid and the people covid is what it is you see it's actually an immovable unbudgeable it's not like a managing a person we understand this however the people talking about covid who are public health officials or presidents or senators or mayors they ought to have their publicists taken away from them so they can only speak the truth when they speak about the unemotional non-emotive COVID-19. If you think publicists only speak the truth, woohoo! they're no. doing a good job. <laughs> no, that, no, no, you didn't hear me. I said they need to fire like Oh, they need Trump, to fire them, yes. They're publicists so that they it. just tell the truth about COVID. It's all I said back in March. I said President Trump should talk about COVID all the time because Joe Biden and Maxine Waters said he should never talk about COVID-19. I said that's not true. I made a comparison to the Reagan years with HIV AIDS or then just called AIDS. And I said people – Presidents, leaders, public health, they ought to talk about it. But then I had a little list. has to be true. has to be transparent. If you don't know information, you don't make it up to fill in gaps. I put my whole thing out there. I tried to help. It was, a, it was a dossier. I know. Your best practices. But here's the deal. I don't. <laughs> first of all, I don't think the government is uh, going to be able to single-handle. No one in government is going to be able to fix COVID. It's a virus. But here's the story that came out yesterday. Los Angeles County. And uh, you like to call them the Fab Five, the Board of Supervisors? Yeah, we have Sheila, mm-hmm. and we have Sheila the Wheeler Dealer. Sheila the Wheeler. We have Hilda Schmilda. We have Hilda Schmilda. We have, uh, uh, oh my God. Oh, we have Catherine, uh, I'm not budging, Barger. Right. 
And we have Mark Ridley Thomas. That's four out of five. And then Ringo, of course. We have Janice Hahn. Oh, I know Janice. Not really, but. <laughs> so uh, the Board of Supervisors, the Department of Public Health, and uh, that's Dr. Barbara Ferrer, of course, and the Department of Health <laughs> Services <laughs> have renewed contracts with two public relations firms for the second time after spending millions of dollars in taxpayer funding since March to have them craft and guide a coronavirus response media campaign despite the county having its own fully staffed communications team. So here's where people lose faith in the government. There are a lot of people in Los Angeles County right now who are struggling, whose businesses have not been allowed to open, or if they have been allowed to open, they're only open at a certain capacity. They've had to spend a lot of money to be able to get the health certification to open. People are spending less. You get it. Times are tough. The economy is rough when you have government and post shutdowns. So with money, well, when, that when you could have, be when you have, when you have a pandemic, it screws with economies and a lot of things. So, doesn't have to. Uh, I mean, well, the virus well. affects people. It doesn't have to affect businesses. But just Remember finishing business, this point. Go ahead. Go so, ahead. LA County, you have a lot of businesses who are struggling who could use help from LA County, right? From the county that is closing them down, the county that is requiring them not to operate in the way that they used to operate. That county has put restrictions on those businesses, and the businesses just have to deal with it. And going into month nine, they could probably use some help. So these dummies over at the L.A. County Board of Supervisors, who I'm taking issue with every single one of you. I used to say, Catherine Barg, you're the standout. You're all in on this, along with the Department of Public Health and the Department of Health Services. Ah, you have identified your enemies clearly. Why in the world would you spend extra money to get an outside PR company to come in when you have your own fully staffed team that is already there in place whose job it is to do this function when you have emergencies like this? That money, millions and millions of dollars, could be used to help the businesses that you, my friends at the Board of Supervisors and the Department of Public Health, are hurting every single day with your stupid unconstitutional orders. May I may I offer you Back from to you another in the studio? Thank you very much. May I offer you from the other side here? Uh, number one, I what I don't know, I don't know. I don't know what the communications staff for the board of supervisors looks like. I don't know if they are prepared truly to deal with the dissemination of information and the effective widespread and then also sometimes very focused information expressed to the public that is at risk with COVID-19 and the cases arising in this state and 48 others in America. So it's a public health issue. So, so if indeed they are having trouble and they, they are because the case numbers are going up and the masks are not the answer. Obviously they are, I, they I wear mine and I think people should wear theirs. I'm not a doctor. I think they prevent it, but something more needs to be done because the cases are rising. So that's just government math. can't I, fix this. Government but, cannot fix the problem. A virus is a virus, but I just want to get back allow to, me this. to Allow me to finish my thought. Yeah. If I just may, they, if they're not public health officials have to, and the board of supervisors, these folks have to give the information in a way that's consumable, effective, efficient, and, and uh, using appropriate opportune times, et cetera. It is, uh, it is appropriate to hire communicators or marketers of messages if they're not staffed or if they're ineffectively doing it. One more thing. If they use that company to color or play down or play up the information, then it's all bad.
Eight, then they're dishonest and wrong. Eight but five in five. the absence, okay. Oh, no, eight five five seven eight five eight two five five number to call. You can chime in on this one. I understand what you're saying. You're kind of coming at this more uh, from an organic perspective as someone who would consume this information. I'm looking at the business of this. I'm well, looking at if you have people who are looking for money and they're looking for resources and the government is preventing them from work working, wouldn't it be more effective use of our tax dollars to help seed those businesses rather than double up on communication efforts? You already have a fully staffed uh, team. I would imagine they hire the best and the brightest from LA County. That's what their goal should be anyway, to be able to do this. And here Here's why. You dig further into this story, and this is where you go, aha. There was a campaign finance report that was uh, submitted and found by Fox 11. Bill Malusian does some great work. You know I'm a fan. He does a lot of investigative he's stuff. A great, he's a real reporter. He's a real a reporter. One. You're right. And he's great. He's and great. he found out that Fabian Nunez, who is a former lawmaker in the California State Assembly, so he used to be an assemblyman, yep. he's now a consultant at Mercury, which is the public relations firm that L.A. County hired, and he has donated the maximum Donation okay. to L.A. County Board Supervisor Catherine Barger. Okay. And now she says that's not at all why they received the contract from L.A. County. But it does make you scratch your head to go, hmm, someone who has scratched the back of a, an L.A. County supervisor but- is now receiving lots of money to do a contract for public relations when there's already a staff team. And that money, which is your money, Brian, my money, taxpayer money, could be going to help businesses and people even who need this. The problem is, Jennifer, as I see it, with great respect, and I love you, you know this, every dollar, it seems, that is spent or that we talk about that is spent on COVID-19, addressing the pandemic, warning people, trying to bring the transmission rates down when they're soaring right now. Every dollar you see spent on COVID is illegitimate because there are closures. And I think we have to get beyond that hurdle, that, that intellectual hurdle, to understand that we can put money into COVID. We must bring these transmission rates down. We must. Fine. Then put it into business. Or how about this? Put it into how research. Does put, into, how does put, it into, put it into research. Don't put it into a poster. I'm sorry. That is Why? It, people it, need information. But they already have a team who can do it, Brian. They're doubling up. This is a waste of resources in the time when people's real resources are crunched. Whether you want to put it into fighting a disease or helping seed the economy, either one would be a better use of the money than what's being done with it right now. All right, as we continue, uh, the Associated Press giving new guidelines to journalists that will absolutely blow your mind. This one, you got to strap in for us. Your Friday Morning Answer continues. Why can't conservatives and liberals just get along? They can. Nobody but nobody gets near COVID boy. Mm. I'm Brian Whitman. Welcome to the Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. Thanks for joining us on your Friday Morning Answer. Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn. I got to tell you, you got to keep your eyes to the sky because emergency officials expect 250,000 out-of-county day trippers to converge (laughs) on viewing spots surrounding the Kennedy Space Center in Florida for the nighttime SpaceX crude launch. We've got another one. I don't mean crude like oil or, ew, you're so crude. I mean a SpaceX crude launch with a crew with people that's right, right to right. the international space station it's supposed to happen tomorrow of course weather permitting is always the caveat here yes the uh, brevard county communications director don walker predicts that two hundred and fifty thousand people already within the county residents hotel and vacation rental guests beachgoers will head outside to watch this historic launch happening tomorrow nasa astronauts you know i love this stuff so it's worth a mention and i think and a lot a of cape, us do it is not at edwards it at cape canaveral out in 
uh, Florida. Florida, that's right. So uh, NASA astronauts Mike Hopkins, Victor Glover, Shannon Walker, and Japanese astronaut Sochi Noguchi are scheduled for liftoff at 749 mm. Eastern time. So you can watch it tomorrow. Uh, five uh, four o'clock our time, and they'll be on the Falcon Nine rocket from Pad Thirty Nine A at Kennedy Space Center. This is pretty cool because during the last week of May, and I can't believe it feels like so long ago that we right. watched the SpaceX Dragon go up into space. They've already returned home, and that was successful. Now we have another one to watch. This is. I love this because I feel like one of the greatest travesties, and you can actually assign blame to both Democrats and Republicans for this, George W. Bush and President Obama, all signed to get rid of our space program. And I think it was something that used to really unite people. I, well, I, I, yes, and I agree it, with you. it brought pride because we'd go, oh, there's our country. It's American ingenuity. And that sort of went away. And so the fact but, that SpaceX has brought it back, I just absolutely love. I don't think it's back the way it was. It needs a, a look. They diminish the space program. They didn't do away with the space program. But you're right. Both significantly diminishing the space program. And you're right, especially in a year like this, at a time like this. I don't know that the nation coming together to watch a launch of some kind that would be historic uh, would would unite us uh, if, uh to the point we need, and not unite us, make us feel better about our country and the situation we're in right now, it used to serve the space program as a national rallying point. We all got mm-hmm. behind it. We shared enthusiasm for it. Oh, and by the way, the iPhone in your car or in your hand, that technology is because of space travel. Yeah. And so, so is Tang. That's right. That's so is Tang. If you had Kids, Tang that's this powdered morning. orange juice, in case you don't know. <laughs> and by the way, if, you, if you're weightless right now, floating across your kitchen... Uh, maybe you have other problems. Uh, no, but the space program, the data and the information and the discovery of what's out there is significant. But you know what happens. Some people think, and can you imagine if we announced they were spending trillions of dollars on space? People would say, oh, pandemic, how we're going to Venus? What are you crazy? And I know that would happen. I'd sort of agree with it. I, I don't know. I mean, I, President Trump launched Space Force, which I think is is pretty cool. SpaceX, though, if you remember back to May, and I know it seems weird because this is like a time warp a year, but a lot of people gathered around the television. I was yep. one of them. I know a lot of people did. A lot of the regular broadcast networks just went to full coverage of uh, the launch. And then we got to watch them actually connect with the space station. You got to see them come onto the space station. I mean, there were, there were some moments that I think actually really did catch the attention and the hearts of a lot of Americans. So yeah, they were patriotic, and, and it they can't were... be bad. Is my point? <laughs> uh, yeah, for well, how we it, feel right now. Well, that's right. Um, uh, they need, these missions we want to uh, extend, of course, our thanks to those who are carrying out these missions. And these folks are very brave people, and they are very smart people. And they're scientists who go to space. My gosh. I'm going to go home and sleep on the couch. I, I mean, it's like, it. think of what I do today, or I'm not going to include anyone else. Think of these, you know, and these people are scientists, and they're traveling to space to do it. All right. Uh, I know. I think it's really cool. So we'll <laughs> hear more. tired thinking about it. Keep in, keep in mind, weather permitting, because there was a tropical storm at Edo, which has really, de- had really threw some devastation at Florida, also into the Carolinas. So there are some lingering showers. There is a uh, possibility that this could pose a problem for the launch on Saturday evening. But we'll continue to follow that story here. Now, I promised you something about the hot Associated Press style book. 
for those of you who don't know, and I'll just I'll fill you in quickly because my major I was journalism. This. And I love when you tell this story because it reveals a young Jennifer Horn who wanted truth in journalism even as a college student. I love this story. I, I marvel at you. When you well, tell I mean, it. and it's really not even that that big of a deal. I just know as a as a kid, I when I well not a kid, but as a as a young woman going into college, I, I thought my major would be journalism. And of course, you always go in there with a, with an open mind and lots of hope, and then all and of your ideals. dreams. Idealistic and all of this. So the very first book that you're given in journalism school is the AP style book. I still have two copies. I keep them on my desk just because when you write things, if you want people to publish them, whether you're doing public relations or you're doing you know, press releases, that sort of thing, or you're writing articles to be published, you use the AP style book so that mainstream publications will pick up your work and use it's- it. Safe to say it's the industry and the academic standard right. for reporting AP style in terms of words, phraseology, et cetera. And this is why bias makes me absolutely – I mean you've seen me go apoplectic about media bias. And I'll read a headline and I'll say, no, it should say this. And that is because every word that a journalist uses – matters. And it is set up by Associated Press actually dictating how certain words are used. So it is very easy for a news media to choose certain words to provide a certain point of view. Is it possible for them to choose words because they tell us that we're not just responsible for the words we say on the radio, and I understand this. We're responsible for the way they may be heard mm-hmm. by the countless folks out there and, uh, who are nice enough to listen. Say, the same thing is uh, is true for journalists. You're supposed to know how your words are used, and you're supposed to know how they are consumed. And when you use a word, whether it's a proper noun, so for instance, let me, we were just talking about space. So let's, NASA, for instance. If I'm a new writer, I want to know if I can abbreviate NASA or if I have to write National, National Aeronautical Space Administration. So you look up in the AP style book and you look up NASA and it'll tell you whether or not you're supposed to, you're supposed to write it out the first time and then you can abbreviate. And it gives you the rule for usage in that style book. So you look up every single word when you're becoming mm. a journalism student. This is how critical it is and how important that style book Comes well. They seem to be getting more casual. The, well, the sure. style book has just started to shift perspectives. So when we wonder how people start to get more brainwashed, we don't notice the bias in media. It's because everyone is doing it around us, and this AP style book really dictates how we consume everything. And most people don't even know it exists. If you don't, but, if you went to journalism, you wouldn't even know it existed. That's why I asked you to explain it from your academic experience and point. If those working in the journalism industry choose to not use – it's not a law. They don't have to use the AP They won't be published. Uh, well, look, Fox News, I can bet you everything I've ever had. Or oh, no, they now. use AP style in their writing. Absolutely. Okay. I, I, I promise you, any major news organization in their writing – now, this doesn't include opinion pieces. You can get opinion pieces printed or editorials. That can usually be done without AP style. But if you are a reporter reporting for a news website site – you're yeah. using AP style. And so here's what they've changed. Because every, like so many months, we get an update on what they've changed. It's very similar to the dictionary. So there's a n- new order from AP style. came out yesterday. Do not use derogatory terms such as insane, well, crazy, crazed, nuts, unhinged, deranged, unless they are part of a quotation that is essential to the story. Avoid using mental health terms to describe unrelated issues. Don't say that an award show, for example, was schizophrenic. <laughs> uh, uh, you know what? I sort of agree with that. I'm, you've heard me say on the air, I'll say, well, he's crazy. And then I stopped. I said, well, that's a clinical term. Crazy really is a clinical term. Uh, 
seems crazy. Uh, you know, the, I mean, that might technically be. No? Do I sound crazy right now? Uh, yeah, and you can't okay. say it anymore. AP Styles says that you can no longer be published. I so, I'm sorry, my friend. <clears throat> You've been canceled. Ah. Ah. <laughs> yeah. So, and this is the same organization, by the way, that said you can't say riots anymore. You have to say protests, and you have to, instead of calling them protests, you have to write why they're protesting. What if something's Not really funny? If you what want if something's really funny? Can it, you say it's a riot? It, it, uh, no. Oh, all right. Hold on. Oh. No. That's what I'm saying. If you want to know why we're brainwashed, go to the AP Style book. As we continue, uh, Supreme Court Justice with with an extreme warning to the American people as your Friday morning answer continues.